What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Write Who You Know. I'm Matt Hausfetter, and this is the Screenwriting Podcast. It's the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes. Uh, man, it's it's got me feeling good today. I don't know what it is. I dropped my daughter off at preschool, did a little sing-along, had a little therapy. Feeling good, feeling great. Today on the podcast, uh, I have someone really special. He is, uh, first of all, his name is Sean Cochran. Like, I don't know why we're hiding the football. Uh, he is a great person, and he's a great writer. But I really do believe that in a town that is predominantly made up of phonies and assholes and gatekeepers and all sorts of unsavory characters uh, in this competition known as Hollywood, he is as real deal, real friend as it gets. He is genuine. He is selfless. He is so kind. And uh, we talk about this a little bit on the podcast. I saw him marching day after day after day after day during the WGA strike. I don't think anybody was out there on the picket line more than him. He was always out there at Disney. He was with his kids. He was with his wife. He was with coworkers. And truly, uh, I wish I did as much as he did. We all should should feel like we should do more uh, because of how, how active Sean was in the WGA strike. But I've known him since we were assistants on Revenge. We worked together uh, back in 2014 and immediately became fast friends because he's a good dude. He has a great spirit and a beautiful soul. And that sounds corn dog, but it's honest to God truth. Uh, Sean has written on Star Trek Discovery, which is one of the most fan favorited and tweeted and texted and Instagrammed and blogged about shows. Uh, so we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about our time together as assistants. You know, he's worked on so many shows. Oh, my God. I think that's really important. He's been an assistant on Good Kristen Bitches. He's worked on Lipstick Jungle. I mean, dude, this guy goes way back to uh, when you had to print scripts on paper, which if you have worked in the business and can remember that, what a pain in the ass. Anyway, I'm so happy that he's here. I'm so happy to rehash. I'm so happy to talk to my buddy and writer friend, Sean Cochran. Pass. Nope. We love Matt. It's just a really hard time right now. The industry's contracting. Come back to us when you have some bigger attachments. Tell him write what you know. No, tell him write who you know. Yeah, it's just, it's a crazy time right now, dude. Like, I don't know what, like, outside of these, like, shows that just kind of immediately started up again, like, I don't know, what does the next couple of months look like? Like, what, what's going forward? What's getting canceled? Like, the deal came together so quickly. I'm like, I have to imagine it's going to take the studios a couple months to, like, okay, this is what we're dealing with. What's the new model? Like, how many of these shows can we do? You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know, like, there, I was half, I was so excited when they had, you know, announced the deal, and I was, like, totally terrified. It's so funny you say that because the last, when the strike happened, as much as I was, like, fuck, a huge part of me was, like, I truly felt, like, okay, I can stop being so, like, I got to do 400 things, yeah, and I got to yeah, hustle, yeah. and I got to be this, and oh, I got to totally, do totally. Because totally. If, if no one's working, like, that is okay for Matt to stop working. Um, oh, and it was just, like, I don't know. It's just, I do feel, like, what we're what we chose to do you are constantly like i should be writing i should be reading like it's just you never give yourself a free pass like unless you like absolutely do like five all-nighters in a night then i might like feel actually free to like give myself a weekend it was like this first time in a long time like we all had this justifiable 
reason to like take a breather, relax. I didn't write the first like few months like at all. Um, I and I, I may have said this on other podcasts, and if I'm repeating myself, um, the week before the strike, I got hired by Illumination to do this like weekly animation oh, guild thing. That's so cool. And I was like, I I felt I was very conflicted because I was like, am I fucking scab? And they no, because it's tag, right? And the WGA sent us this email being like, if you have a deal that predated May 1st, you can keep working on it. And I was like, thank God. Because like my kid just started school. And- but wait, what is it like uh is it like a writer's room of like a specific No, it's basically like so they call it the ten hour program and they do it one writer at a time where like you're basically Don Draper for Illumination. They will say, Sean, hey, can what? you can you look at this poster of this new movie? Um uh, I forget what it's called about ducks starting yeah, Kamal Nanjiani yeah, yeah. and uh, come up with like a funny tagline or like, Hey, we're going to do a huge marketing campaign in, in an airport. Like what should the bins say? I was like, get your ducks in a row. Duh. Oh my um, God. Yeah. That's exactly what it should say. <laughs> right? So there'll be that. Or like one day they will be like, we need like a Christmas movie. Can you pitch us like 10 log lines for Christmas movies? And you're like, okay. And that's like all you do that week. What? This is like amazing. And they do like, it's like a program? Uh-huh. It's called the 10-hour program. Oh, my God. That's awesome. I okay. know. I know. Uh, so you did it, though. So I did that. And, and then was it like a blast? It was. Th- did you get, like, all free snacks? Like all I, No, because I was never there. It was all Zoom. Oh, that's unbelievable. It was awful. Like I, it was, uh, The snacks make it feel real and official, you know? Yeah. Oh, and only, only being on Zoom was awful. Like, the program itself, I was like, this is awesome and a lifeline, like, during a time. Yeah, I, know, I, I hate Zoom. I, I, I actually feel like I'm in... I feel like I probably hate it more than anyone else because I just like when I'm in like the writer's room, like on, at work and stuff like that, I never sit down. I'm always on my feet. I'm walking around. I have like a special ball that like is only mine. I'm like bouncing and dribbling it. <laughs> and, like, you shooting, sound like a like, from something about Mary. <laughs> oh, it, it's just like my like, it's just, it's just, I, I'm always moving. I'm just, so like, do people get mad at you in the room like, Sean, sit down. No, everyone's like pretty. I've never had that. I've had like strangers for sure. Like, because I, like, you can see here, like, I shake my leg constantly. That's okay. So, like, when I lived in New York and stuff, I'd be on the subway and people would get like really mad at me. And like, or, you know, just be like, okay, can you, you know, just be like, get up or just, you know, they just get a little angry or whatever. But uh, no, everyone's always been like very, very respectful of it. And I just think it like, it just like helps me think. I just got to like move, you know? Yeah. And so the Zoom is, I mean, it's the exact opposite. It's torture. It's literally sit here. And not only just sit there, which is hard enough, but, like, it takes energy to, like, focus your eyes in one direction for, like, you know what I mean? It's really, really hard. And I just miss, I, like, love being with people. I love, like, kind of the, you know, the flow and the music of, like, everybody kind of, like, pouncing on each other. Like, sometimes you talk at the same time, it's a good thing. or like You know what I mean? And, like, just having one person, like, talk, it's just, like, such a bar. It's just like such a bummer. Sorry, I choked on a little. No, it's okay. But it's like choked I, on a red vine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, probably a good time to have another. Please have another. By the way, uh, for all of you out there, Sean brought a tub of red vines. So if during the podcast you hear us chewing, it's because we're enjoying candy. That's sweet, delicious. You know, relax. and I'll tr- and I'll try and edit it out, <laughs> but I, I may not because I want I want people to enjoy themselves on this on this podcast. Candy's great, um, but. Yeah, so I don't know. I just found, like, you know, Zoom, it's just tough. And I'm, I got to say, like, I'm very nervous about the fact that, like, my friends who, like, started right back up again, they're Zooming. I mean, I kind of thought Who's, that. Who got to start right back up? Well, like, anybody that was, like, you know, midway in the oh, season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just, I, I, like, shockingly fast, too, like, within a week. 
Um, I heard about somebody the other day, a friend of a friend, like literally the next day or something. It was crazy. But um, a lot of them were like Zooming still. Like I, I was like hoping that like, you know, like COVID, you know, farther behind us. And like, dude, I just was hoping we'd like get back into offices and stuff. But I don't know. Here's my next question. Even if we could go to work, I lost faith in the ability to be staffed unless your best friend is hiring, you know, like, there, and I didn't, and for a long time, I was like, it's me. I don't have cool credits. Like, I'll never get hired. And when we started striking and I saw how many writers were in the WGA, I was like, oh, no, this is why I can't get staffed. Because there's like 12,000 of us all trying to get four jobs. I know, but there's, it's also like, I, I definitely had that thought. I mean, I think everybody, you know, when we go to those meetings and like, there's just like flannel everywhere. I call it the flannel convention. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, who, I, I like, you know, usually you go with a friend or whatever. And I'm always like, who the fuck are all these fucking people? It's like crazy. And, uh, but like, I don't know, I, somebody was, uh, so I think about all that, that all the time. I'm like, man, you know, there's a lot of us, whatever. But somebody was telling me like, isn't it one of those things that breaks down of like, okay, of so many active members, here's how many are like actually like looking for jobs or like aren't vested. I, I don't know. Isn't there like something I have like, no, okay. All I know is, is like the, in 2016, 17, I was able to get staffing meetings and then after that, like, I haven't had one. I had one showrunner meeting in 2018, and then that's it. Nonsense. And, like, I write letters to showrunners being like, I love your show. Like, yeah, bye, bye. I would do this. I would do that. No one would work harder. And it's, like, nothing. It's, like, the silence is deafening. And I'm, like, I know. No, no, it's tough. I mean, like, you know, I don't know what. That's where I'm, like, okay, I don't know what the next few months look like. This is my first time, like, looking for a show, new show in, like, seven years. So, like, this, it's been a long time since I've been, like, in a boat like this. Does minimum um, does minimum staffing help you? Like in that case, like I I still don't fully so, understand it. Okay, I don't think I don't think there's a clear answer. Okay. I, I mean, I here's my belief. I think there's a lot of opinions I've heard all around. My personal belief, because like, and it's so hard. Like uh, to say all this, I'm like incredibly. Impressed. We're not like, experts. We, we are not experts or deal. Well, and, and just like uh, obviously, I'm impressed with the deal. Yeah, you know? it's incredible. Like, it's incredible. I never thought we'd get anything like this. It really like. You know, the last like half year for as hard as it's been, like insanely inspiring to like be a part of that, and it was just like awesome. So like various parts of it though, like looking at the contract, you know, obviously there's a lot of new stuff, yeah. and I you know I don't think it's clear exactly what. Same thing with like that residual twenty percent bonus. Yeah, like some yep. people, I don't know. Part of me's like, I don't know, is that like a create? Like that sounds like a lot. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking I, about? Yeah, no, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's not. I, I mean, we never seen the data, but with the staffing minimums. It seems to me, and I might be like reading it wrong. It's like okay, it's so many writers and then so many writer producers, right? I am a little nervous for myself, and this could just be me, you know, paranoid or whatever, or just being like, oh man, you know, it's gonna be a, I, you know, I'm mid level. I feel like that, like okay, if you're like trying to build like with this math and you only have so much money, it's like okay, there's gonna be, yeah, you want to put some money towards you know, the upper levels that like, you know, you can count on and like, they're your guy, you know, the ride or die or whatever. And then, you know, more like lower level. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't really know me personally, my judgment. I, I'm like incredibly impressed by how good the deal was for lower levels. I think, I mean, the fact that like the staff writer gets their script feed. I mean, dude, that's, that's like literally the thing that'll like make your year. That's the door handle that's been broken in your house for like 40 years. And just like, <laughs> finally, like we, you know what I mean? Like finally we're able to like get it done or whatever. 
And I do, my feeling is that the staffing minimums, I hope help lower levels, which is like super friggin' important. So the only thing I think I'm like, kind of like, you know, personally paranoid about or whatever is the fact that like, okay, I think it's harder to fit a mid-level like myself in that math, but still like all being said, I think it's like amazing. We were able to, I thought that was going to be the thing we folded on to me was the most consequential, um, term. We had never had anything like before. And I was like saying to friends, I was like, oh my God, I mean, this is something we will feel the consequences of this immediately. Right. I mean, it's a huge, huge deal. And I, I was worried that because, you know, it's so new and built out of the abstract, we never had anything like it before. I was just worried that that was going to be the first, like we have to fall on something. Yeah. I was worried it was going to be that. So the fact that we got it is like incredible. Um, and I don't know, again, my hope is that I do f- my interpretation. I feel like it helps lower levels. I mean, what do you think? I, I always, my understanding of it was like, Oh, it's, it's, um, it's a guardrail against you'll just fill a room with AI generated bullshit unless you mm-hmm. the language is literally like no minimum you have to hire three humans here and three humans here and mm-hmm. three humans here um in terms of like how it affects me i have no clue because my thinking on it is sort of like can't really get worse than me trying to get a job on a show now so like maybe it will be better but i've sort of resigned myself to the fact of like you're either developing for the rest of your life or you create a show that gets to go into production or by some stroke of luck, your best friend creates a show and is like, mm. hey, Matt, like, you want to come do this? But, you know, I mean, like, I don't know. Speaking for, like, you, you're, first of all, you're a showrunner guy. People, I mean, you're listen, a creator. When, when I mean, like, that, that's I'm a like, big deal. You know, like, that's like, you are in, like, another, I mean, you're developing, like, you're doing a lot, you know? And you have, like, a really great, I mean, ever since I met you, I instantly was, was impressed about your ability to be, like, sociable. And, like, you have lots of, you're very good at like networking and knowing people. And You're so like, sweetie. Oh, please. Thank you, Sean. but like if it, if it comes to that point where it's like, yeah, you feel, I mean like there's a lot. Okay. But if it's going to be about, you know, what friend hopefully you, get, you have a lot of friends, you know, like that's a really, really good thing. I mean, you're like very good at that. I wish one of them would fucking hire me the last five years because I've been doing everything, including working at Barney's at the Grove. Yeah. But I just want to be with people. Like you said, like, and like, I think like it's so fun. Dude. And I've said it before, like the, the closest I get to that, is this like I and i wish there were six more microphones and someone bringing us lunch yeah but it's just craigslist yeah we could find more microphones i know <laughs> I, I i agree with you dude it is, it is like the funnest i mean like that was the bummer again of covid like even having it we didn't necessarily have you know thank god it's so crazy did you get how did you have you had covid uh twice i've yeah. never had this fucking thing you've never had it no but i'm like oh, wow. but my yeah. wife and kid have so i'm like did I oh, have yeah. it and I was asymptomatic? I forgot that was like the first delay we had or whatever. Yeah, we um I bet everybody I know that was like no, I'm like the last person I know like has I got has gotten it. It's a matter <laughs> of time. I mean, like it was I gotta say the second time around was like way rougher. Oh. Um And this is what I'm afraid like I, I hate even when I get a cold, I'm I hate it and I turn into like the biggest baby. And I'm like, my broner, diamonds nipples. Oh, so yeah, so if, if if COVID comes for me. And also, I like to smoke weed often. So, like, the ability of not being able to smoke for a few days also, I'm like, it terrifies <laughs> you me. Give the lungs a rest. It's okay. They need it. I do give them a rest every once in a while. Um, did you uh, – yeah, wow, that's – I cannot believe you haven't gotten it. Yeah, I really – I got it once, like – the first time was, like, the first year of COVID, whatever. I got it again right at the beginning of the strike. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was horrible. The second time – like, the first time was, like, this long slog – where I would like kept testing positive for like 10 days, like 
15 days. Like it just wouldn't go away. Even when I was like totally fine. This time it was the exact opposite. The first two days were absolutely the most awful I've ever felt in my life. And then it was gone. And I was like negative like three days, like within three, four days. I had this crazy headache where it felt like I had like three pulses in three different parts of my head pulsing at different times. And then every once in a while they'd like all pulse together. And I'd literally like cripple. I'd like fall on the ground. It was horrible. But I started watching Better Call Saul. That was cool. Because I had to like, you know, I didn't want to get the rest of the family sick. That's very nice. So you quarantined. Yeah. Yeah. I Because I was the only one that tested positive. I got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And I was just like, okay, we'll just, you know. But thank God it was only like, only you know, it was like four days or whatever. And then literally the strike happened. So I like tested negative and I was out on that first day. I have many questions to ask you about fatherhood, which will come later. About oh, yeah, about a second wild. child, Isn't not a not, not about it feels fatherhood, like a about what one. I'm in for, because uh, I think my wife and I are going to start trying to do that. Oh, dude, that's very. Exciting. And I love when everyone is like, you know, norm for my whole life, you know, like the, you know, you're always you come up being like the father of your girlfriend. The last thing they ever want to hear about is if you're making a move on their daughter. Yeah. But but when you start having or trying to have a kid, it's like. Your your father in law will be like, like here you and Kelsey are trying, and I know, I'm like, it's so weird. Yeah, I'm fucking your daughter. I, I have weird, been for twenty years. I, I weirdly have this. Um, I'm like, I'm very like everything you're talking about is something I've thought about many many times. I've never had. I feel like there's just like a moment where there's certain families I knew like they could always talk about that stuff. Yeah. Um, what was that movie with Liam Neeson about? Uh, um, Taken. He, no, he was like the original like um, sex researcher. And, oh, like, Kinsey. Okay. I don't. You remember the movie? Kinsey? Should I see it? I never saw it. I oh, remember it's very good. It. Yeah, I remember yeah. it, but I never saw it. And they filmed it at my alma mater. No, him, although I think played for Indiana, or whatever. But they had this scene where like they're having dinner, and they were just like, you know, he like they were very open about it, and like the teenage daughters are talking about ovulation and like when that, you know, and I think I'm gonna start having sex this way or whatever. And the the brother is just like, I can't. Why are you guys like doing this? Like, and I've always been that way. I'm like afraid to like talk to. Like my parents about that stuff. Like I, it's so. I've always. I've never gotten like over that. Dude, I just feel like such like a little like. My see, my mom has a potty mouth, and like if you put one too many drinks in her, like she wants to ask the valet guy to vaginate her parking, and I'm just like, dude, like this is. Fucking yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's <laughs> like. Oh, that's hysterical. Oh yeah, no, that's really fun. No, and like my parents are like really fun. Like they, it's not like they're like prudish in regard to that or whatever. I've just like never, like even in high school, I think they had to like ask my friends. Like my friends, I'd like tell them when I had a girlfriend. Like I don't talk about like relationships. I don't know. I've like always been very like um, shy about that so, stuff. So did you? This will lead into my 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 question, my line of questioning. So did you grow up? Would you say you grew up in like a stricter household? Like were your parents like you? Sean can't watch R-rated movies. Until no, not at all. Not at all. No. I mean that's like a big reason for like what I do. We watched everything. Like I really, I watched Seinfeld with my parents every Thursday night. Like I just, I my grandmother especially she had this insane love for movies and tv so like and same with my dad and so like turner classic movies was always on and then in terms of like tv i just i watched all the adult shows with them frazier seinfeld i you know like they were very very cool about that no there was definitely like r-rated movies they wouldn't let me see till a certain age or yeah whatever, like but- I, I don't remember what my dad would be like I would love to take you to see Jerry Maguire, but there is a sex scene in the first minute and a half. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was sex was always the thing. Like my dad was like, "You want to watch Terminator? You want to watch Predator? Like Total Recall? There is a three titted woman, but we'll fast forward it." Like other than the sex, he was cool with it. No, that's cool. I mean, like I actually remember the first star movie my dad took me to in the theater, 
very unusual. And remember Ghost and the Darkness with like Michael Douglas and Val Kilmer? It was about Kinda? the lion in um Oh yeah. like ate like three hundred people or whatever. Wasn't Marlon Brando in that movie? Uh no, you might be thinking of Isle of Dr. Moreau. Yes, I'm thinking yeah, of Dr. Yeah, yeah. Moreau. Because it had that like very like mm-hmm. out in the wild and I like, might watch this sweaty. ghost in the did the the lion movie tonight, actually. Yeah, it do it's been, I mean, I have not seen it since then, but that was the first R-rated movie he took me to in the theater, funny enough. But no, they were really great. Like they we we just watched everything. Um and they were like very good about like, yeah, if it was like if there was ever you know any number of breasts on one person that were coming up be like yeah like they would fast forward it yeah. or whatever like they were very very good about it but like they did not my you know my dad just like my grandmother my mother they just like loved movies loved tv so like we really we like watched everything growing up in in shaker heights uh is there like a movie theater like you know like there's like the arc light or there was the arc light yeah. is there like a one like where did you guys go every, you know when and you were it was kid? so great actually so we have a bunch of great movie theaters. One that's, I'd say it's still Shaker Square Cinema was like one we've always went to, Severin's. My dad loved the Cinemark where it would be, I would see movies like eight months after they came out and they'd be like a dollar, you know? We'd go there a lot. But um, the best movie theater of all, and anyone from Cleveland I think would know about it, is the Cedar Lee. So I think that's where you got to see like, it was a lot of like small screen, like small number of mm-hmm. seats. Like it, that's where I saw Kids Stays in the Picture. You shot that in the theater. Good yeah, for I saw you. in the theater. Yeah. Well, my like that's oh your thing. dad. Took he's you. just like cool. a very, he's he's just a historian of everything. He's like a very fascinating guy, and he just he knew all about Robert Evans. And he's like, we got to go see this, and and I fell in love with that. I mean, I've probably seen that documentary Me like too. twenty times. Um, but uh, it was this great theater, and they still to this day, I think every Saturday night at midnight do a Rocky Horror Picture Show screening. Wow, it's just like one of those like great old like iconic like little movie theaters, and. So my dad would take me there a lot, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, those were like the yeah, those were like probably our favorites. Do you remember like I, I see like I have specific memories of like the Jerky Boys being one of the first things where I was like, yeah. how do I do that? You know, like like was do you remember like was there anything whether it was a movie or a book or me like what made you be like I want to be a writer? Man, it's so funny because I have the answer. I I so like I said, I watched everything. Like I just. I love TV. I just love movies. It was in love my entire life. And I would just watch whatever was on. I really did. Like, it didn't, you know, even if it wasn't, like, meant for my demographic, I just, I don't know. I just would, like, watch what was ever on, whatever was on. And um, funny enough, the show, though, that made me be, like, I want to do this, it was a Nickelodeon show. Do you remember the show, The Adventures of Pete and Pete? Yeah. To this day. Oh, my God. Dance, Petunia, dance. Already the strongest man in the world, and they um crazy enough. My wife Kate, she's from Cranford, New Jersey, and that's where that's like I go. That's where the Pete and Pete house is. So like every time I go like home to visit her, I have to walk by the. I think the Pete and Pete house from like season three or whatever. And my brother in law, do you remember the episode with Pit Stains at the school dance? And you're um, gonna have to refresh my. Memory. Oh my god! Well, it was a lot uh, of bong resin in my brain. Oh my god! Who's the rock and roller that would play? What's her name's dad? Um. Uh, oh my god, it's escaping me at the moment. Uh, super skinny guy, long blonde hair. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, he's a rock and roller. Iggy Pop. I don't know. Is Iggy Pop and fucking? I think Pete so. And Pete. I might be wrong, but it was. I think it was Iggy Pop. Um, but there was like this. Just this I crunch some numbers here. Let me look. We can Wait, look. just make sure because I'm like almost positive it's Iggy Pop. But yeah, he played. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Is it him? Holy fuck. 
Yeah, because he was like, yeah, and yes. I remember like he was in like John Waters movies, and yeah, he like he would do like these fun roles and stuff, and he played um, the dad of. Um, I actually worked on a show. She was on uh, Harriet the Harriet the Spy. What was um, oh my god, what was her name? Um, but she played like the friend on it. The girl she was in Euro Trip, and you know what I'm talking about. I can't remember. But I think Iggy Pop was like her dad or whatever. Anyway, there was this school dance and they filmed it in my you know wife's hometown. And her brother, my brother-in-law, Liam, I guess he had like broken his arm and it was like in a cast. So they're like, oh yeah, this is like this kid's like perfect for the show. And so he's like in the background of like the dance like episode <laughs> in Adventures of Pete and Pete. It's like I I worshipped that show. I worshipped it. And to this day, I it was just so it just like changed. I don't know. Like I, maybe it was also because I watched like so much adult TV and there was like really solid good yeah. television that here was this show that was just like totally like out of completely out of your imagination like like I, I don't even you know the characters were just like so fun and like it was just like one of those shows like everybody was a character that you know uh, you know the school bus driver and the crossing guard I can't and, believe like, they let a kid have a tattoo I know Dude, it was like it was just so weird and off the wall and I just like loved it and his mom had. A plate in her head, and she would get radio signals. Yeah, you remember all that stuff? Yeah. And I just, I just like absolutely, I fell in love with the show. To this day, I'm like obsessed with it. And it, that was the thing that made me want to like do this. I was like, I, I just can't believe like you can like have this much fun with a world, you know? And it yeah. was just so good, and the stories were like so good. Yeah, that was like, I think that was probably definitely the show that made me want to do TV. And then there was always like random movies too, but. Do you remember? Did you have like a favorite movie in high school? <laughs> Weirdly enough, I to this day, I mean, it's hard to say like one movie is your favorite because I love so many. But I mean, Babe is the easy answer. I love the movie Babe. I think it's like I've probably seen it more than any other movie. Wow. Um, I watch it all the time. I love it. I think it's like um, I just we're talking the about story, the pig, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. believe there is there not a baseball movie about Babe Ruth called Babe. Or the babe? Oh, probably. I'd imagine. I think there is one. I fear. Oh, was there one like John Goodman? I think. Like, yes, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, Babe. Um, and ever since then, James Cromwell has been like my favorite actor who played Farmer Hoggett. And I just like, you know, George Miller wrote the movie. It's incredible. I mean, it's wild. Yeah, it, like it, it's it's incredible. And they, uh, I just think it's like the perfect movie. Like the script, the story, the t- like everything. They just kind of like nail the tone. The it's just like, and the ending is to me like what every movie ending should be. It is like, in my mind, the quintessential ending to a movie. And I just, yeah, I, I absolutely love that movie. And then random movies too, like, weirdly enough, um, Stephen Conrad, who wrote Patriot, uh-huh. which I loved on Amazon, he wrote this movie, The Weatherman, starring Nicolas Cage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, my understanding, I, I don't know why, I was just, I just, like kind of fell in love with that movie. And like, I mean, there's a million, I, you know, I watch Big Lebowski all the time and, you know, to like t- for some reason inherit the wind. I, I, well, I probably saw that movie like 40 times. Like, it, I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's just like these random things in certain movies that like both good and bad that yeah. I just kind of made me like keep coming back. I, I don't know. I, it's very were your, bizarre. Were your, were your parents, like when I was going to say, were your parents surprised when you told them you want to be a writer? But then I was like, well, I wanted to ask you, did you go to school for writing? No. No, so I went to, um, so I grew up in Cleveland. Um, I was, like, not a great English student in high school. Um, then I went to Fordham in New York, and they don't they don't have, like, a film school or anything. All the classes, I, I was, like, 
a communications major. All the classes I took were like theory and like, you know, film analysis, which I loved, but yeah. I never have taken like a technical writing course, but I always knew I wanted to be a writer and I really wanted to go to Fordham and I really wanted to be in New York. And um, so like I did that even knowing that like that wasn't going to like, you know, help me any more than anywhere else, like in my ultimate dream, you know, like I didn't go to like a film school like this yeah. or something, but I like, I still credit it. Like I had so much fun at Fordham. It was just like such a wild, I don't know. It was just like such a unique school. I just had such a good time. I met all these characters there. I mean, just total characters. And so like, I don't know, it's still in a weird way. And like just being in New York, like I would just go to movies all the time. And like, I just ate that stuff up, but no, everything I graduated from school and I was like, okay, now I need to like, you know, learn like how to properly like do this. I where, didn't really so where know. did you, what, what step, like what is, okay. Sean's got a diploma from Fordham. What year is this? Uh, 2008. Okay. We were the same year, right? I was 2007. Okay. But probably the same age. I'm 38. Okay. Yeah, do you 37. need to sneeze? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm like, oh no, I'm processing. I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, eight, so, okay, that's like one year apart. Okay. So you're going, so what's your first move of like, all right, I just got my diploma. I want to be a writer. Now what? Okay, well, I got very lucky. I was able to get a interview um, via connection on um, Lipstick Jungle season two. Oh shit! Wasn't it that shot Lu- in Lucy Lou? No, that was, no, was Cashmere Mafia. That was the other one. Okay, so wait, is that Lipstick Jungle like a Darren Star, Michael Patrick King, John? I can't. So it was. So that's the funny thing is Lipstick Jungle. Um, uh, Candace, Candace Bush now. Candace Bush okay. was our executive okay. producer. Okay. There we go. Um, and. Uh, Candy, uh, the, classic Candace Bushnell. Yeah, yeah, but it was like um, the it was like the Sex in the City guys, like Sex in the City had ended, and that was the two things. I think I don't know who went where, but Cashmere Mafia was also by other Sex in the City producers. Like that might have been the Darren Star one or whatever. I think that only lasted a season, but I came in on season two of Lipstick Jungle as like an office PA, and I, so I started in production. And to this day, did I'm you know someone or are you just like, how did you even get in? Yeah. The so the executive producer, Oliver Goldstick, um, like this really good family friend and, you know, shouts just, to Oliver uh, Goldstick. Oh, he's the man. He's just like the coolest dude ever. And does um, he still live in Shaker Heights? No, no, no. He's not. For, no, his husband, Bud, is actually like from Shaker Heights. Okay. He's like my mom's like best friend. But he he hooked me up at the interview. Um, I went in there in a suit <laughs> um, and with the line producer and the line producer Incredible. was like. Uh, yeah, he goes, um, <laughs> what did he say? Um, he goes, how many suits do you own? And I go, just one. He goes, never wear it again. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So like, because he got me that interview, I was able to get this job as an office PA and it was awesome. I mean, it just kind of like started from the bottom and just like making coffee and copies. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, like, you know, all that stuff. I mean, we, and this was in New York that we filmed in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and, um, like, this is, I mean, it's just so long, like, long ago. Like, it's wild. Like, I, I don't even, I always say it to, like, office PAs I see nowadays. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so different. We used to count every page of every script. Like, when we were, like, distroing scripts, because it wasn't digital yet, we'd, yeah. like, print out, uh, like, 200 that. scripts. Oh my God. Our coordinator, who was, like, just very on top of things, we had these, like, rubber thumbs, and we would count every page of every script before we distrid it. And sometimes we'd have, you know, sometimes you'd put out a few scripts in a day. And then because it was New York too, and just things were different, I'd then get in a car and I'd drive 
you know, it would take me like six, eight hours, whatever. Yeah, and I drive to every movies. actors. Mm-hmm. And dur- I went like, you know. I did that on Adam Sandler movies, like truly. And this is before, I don't know, did they, do we have like GPS enabled shit into 2008? Like were they, you? Yes, I remember they had like those. Like, okay, because I was doing it off a map quest. They they'd give me like seven different map quest printouts and be like, send it to the executive producer. Jonah Hill lives in this place in Homeby yeah, Hills. So and so lives by the airport, and you'd just be like, get it done. It was. I mean, and you'd be gone all day. Yeah, I it loved was like it. An, I actually loved it too. I actually, it's really funny to say that I loved going out on these scenes. and like it was just again, it's like very different in New York than it is here. Like we would do these like random product. Like I'd go to you know, somewhere to get like a microphone or I'd like, you know, pick this up. We also did like, you know, that was the days where we'd pick up the dailies in person from Technicolor, uh-huh. bring them home or bring them back to the office, burn 10 CDs, do the exact same things with the dailies. I mean, it was just like so different. They don't do any of that now. No, but um, I love, I, I loved it. I really, I was like, okay, I'm on the right track. Yeah. This isn't writing, but I'm on the right track. Like I, I didn't know anything about anything. Like, for as much as I was like into like movies and TV and stuff and, and definitely like looked into like, I loved like behind the scenes and all that. I didn't truly know how like filming, you know, how that stuff worked. Yeah. Right. And so um, it was like incredible. I mean, I just kind of learned it, you know, from the beginning, it was like kind of like my film school and, you know, to this day, again, I'm like very thankful for that. I, it's really shocked. Like I got to be there when the line producer would like get his script and be like, they know we have like eight days to do this, right? You know what I mean? Like I have this like total appreciation. Like I don't like every scene isn't on a different planet. You know what I mean? Like I just for some I this had production like programmed in my into my Same. brain, like budgetable, you know, like and it's really crazy, like, you know, how many writers I've worked with who like I just kind of were always in the writing track yeah. of things. They like, and, like don't never put on a producer. Oh no, hat. yeah. And it's like very and, and by the way, I get it. It's like, yeah, unless you like kind of did it, you would know, but like I remember, you know, you know, the um I remember like what a big deal it was of like, okay, we can only be out three days out of the eight. We're going to have two units on the fine. Like, you know, you don't, you're, it's going to have to be a talkie talkie scene. Like, like it's, you know what I mean? Like we've already, it was like, no, I uh, remember people like, I totally know what you mean. I remember yeah, it was like the bottle yeah. scenes or whatever. Cause it was like, okay, you can get like the exterior, you know, the exterior stuff in the three, you know, the three days or whatever you got your stages, but you're going to have the, second unit like day player crew. So it's like, this has got to be a, you know, and like, yeah. these aren't our normal guys or whatever. And so, yeah, I just was like always very like kind of sensitive to that. And it's like always like stuck with me. Dude, I think being a PA is fucking, it was so much fun. And I know people now are like, Oh, fucking being a PA sucks. But oh, I, I, I think if, I think if you're, if you have a good crew and you're on a good show, or at least, you know, you have manageable hours to some extent, like it is the best school you can get. Yeah. Like, like you're saying, like truly, like where else do you see every department coming in and out of your office, and oh, you're dude. on phone calls, you know, or out at least in the same room as someone who's making and one half the, of the phone call. In New York, it was just like there was not, a, you know, there was like a smaller number of crews, but like once you got like in with that crew, you kind of like stuck with that crew, and it's like, and these people were like legendary, you know, like I just like you know just I think I remember our prop master was telling us these crazy stories from like Dukes of Hazard and like, you know, just like, just a crazy, you know, just like, it was just wild. And like, I loved everybody and we just had like a really, really fun time. And I loved like learning that stuff. And, you know, again, like you just, there's just like a, a learning you get there that it's just really hard unless you've like gotten to do it to understand like the limits of, of something, you know what I mean? Like the limits yeah. of production and like, 
oh, they can only have this many generators. Uh, you know, like this all matters. Like we can't do day for night or, you know, whatever. And, uh, but yeah, it was fun, dude. I like, and like you said, like, I loved doing the, like going out like big guy in the city. Dude, all totally. Day, I had delivery. such pride of like, it. you know, I also got my own cell phone on like Project Greenlight 3, which I was a PA. And so like the fact that oh, I had man. two phones, I, I could have been. Oh, I, Mr. Hollywood. Dude. Oh yeah. Totally. Mr. Hollywood. Just like fucking what's his name in the player i'm for griffin mill just like any oh yeah i'm a pa i'm making copies but i got my own phone and i'm driving a rental car so like pretty yeah. big deal i remember like i had a flip of course and i remember like i was like you know what i need because i'm like in the car wait what's I'm, a flip when you say like a flip phone oh like, yeah yeah, yeah, okay, yeah like okay. just old school, like no you know just had like nothing on it and i remember the first time i got like a plug-in like micro you know like yeah. this is pre-ipod you know whatever and I was like, oh man, I am just look at cool guy driving across <laughs> totally, the man. Queensboro Bridge. Oh, I love talking it. and driving. What? L- listening to like I would have my CDs and at this co- at this point, like on uh, I was also a PA on Terminator 3, and like all the cool guys smoked cigarettes. So guess who took up smoking like with yeah, them? Yeah. It was my first time of like, oh, this is like I'm a real independent person. Yeah. And even though I'm 17, 18, whatever the f- like. I'm killing it. I, I just, I and we're making pride. magic, baby. Yeah. You like walk on, and I remember like friends would visit. I loved like taking, like, there's the lights and there's the camera, like, yeah. just like you, th- you know, it's like wild. It's like dark and lock it up, yep. you know, like, and just like, you know, corners, you know, whatever. I was just like, oh, this is like so fun. I just yeah. like love I love production it. jokes, oh. lingo, all of it. There was a new one. Did you, um, we had to produce via Zoom, like during COVID. And the new one that came up that I thought was so funny, like we literally like couldn't go because we filmed in Canada on my last show, and so like we would like produce via Zoom. We'd have like the Q take. We're watching like the live feed, and then the director in Video Village in Toronto like had the iPad or whatever, and it was wild. And so, but like when I like had to give a note or like whatever, someone had a question or whatever, they'd move. If the iPad was like on a grip stand. And the call was head on a stick. And they'd like walk in with like the iPhone. It was like so crazy. I was like so embarrassed. I'm like, oh God. That's hilarious. Head on a stick. Head on a stick. You know, like the PA's got to like repeat it or whatever. But um, but yeah, I like love that stuff. I loved starting at the bottom. And I always knew, I weirdly was like very conscious of the fact that I didn't go to film school. And I kind of have a long path. Like I just like kind of was like, all right, let's start at the beginning. And I'm not in a hurry. I have a lot to learn. I, I was aware I have a lot to learn. Um, I was never a good, like, fake it till you make it guy. So I really was like, okay, I really, you know, like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not ready. I was just, like, very good at being like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I still have to learn this and this and then this. And so, yeah, I loved it. I was like, let's start at the bottom. Let's, like, figure it all out, you know? Dude. So in your journey i meet you at revenge how many shows did you have in between lipstick jungle and revenge uh, okay so let me think or like when did you move out to la so i moved out to la in 2010 i was in new york like 2 years after i graduated from fordham and that's why i did lipstick jungle season 2 and then i did two pilots and then one of the pilots got picked up and filmed in new jersey and i worked production that last season before i moved out to la and we the thing the, like the kind of the little trick um, I like if anybody's like listening in New York, I, I tell a lot of people that like kids from Fordham and stuff. I was a, one of the things I was like able to take advantage of was when writers out here have a pilot to film in New York, they always get an assistant in their deal, right? But they never want to like pay for their like it's too much to ask an, your assistant in LA to fly to LA. Like 
pick up their life, like get an apartment. Yeah. You know, like it's just like not do it. So whenever they like came to New York, they like needed an assistant. So this first pilot I did, um, I was like the PA on that. And they kind of came in and they're like, oh, we need an assistant. And it was kind of like, how about that guy? You know what I mean? Like I was just like already getting their lunch or whatever. And so it was this cool thing where I was able to turn like the office PA thing into like a showrunner's assistant kind of deal or whatever. And so that first pilot I did was this show called Off Duty. It ended up being the good guys on Fox, like Brad Whitford and Colin Hanks. Yep. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. The original pilot was Brad Whitford and Romney Malco. And it was like Romany Malco was awesome. Oh, he was awesome. Dude, everybody, like, it was so fun. It was so fun. I, I was assisting um Jason Mantzoukas, who wrote the pilot, wow. Scott Armstrong, and uh Ravi Nandan and and it was He runs A24 now. Yeah, like A24 TV. Nicest guy in the world. Uh nicest guy. They were and like they're hilarious. You know, Jason Mantzoukas is, is like fucking hilarious like yeah he i just was like laughing it was the only comedy i've like ever worked on it was so <laughs> fun uh ken jong was on it and like i he, like it they retooled it before it became the fox show or whatever so it was like kind of a different cast save for brad whitford but it was so fun and then kind of the same thing i stuck with that crew so like when that pilot finished um i, I jumped on this other pilot that was like an hour-long medical drama and it was the same thing like by that time i was like kind of the producer's assistant is that called guy. mercy yeah mercy i did a little research on you sean oh my god did my homework oh yeah you looked at it? okay uh-huh. yeah it was um it was uh this medical drama um starring taylor Schilling, who also is orange a is the new black um and uh so wait what a, did you say i said orange is the new black did you say she's the love of my life oh no no she went to fordham <laughs> oh okay that's she also graduated said. from fordham <laughs> okay. um very talented um yes but she was uh that was like her first thing i think like literally her first thing and she was like really really awesome but um we did the pilot for that and it was the same thing i was just like kind of assisting whatever producer was there on set and so it was uh it was like lloyd braun gail berman um let me think here. Um, I'm trying to remember like all the different, there was like a bunch of, you know, you kind of know what I mean. Yeah. Like I was just like, like I was there just like when they were in town or whatever. And a couple of them would be there for a couple of days, but that's where I met uh, these producers, Aaron Harvitz and Gretchen Berg. And so when that uh, then became a, sh- went, got picked up for season one, I did production there. And then when that, uh, I think it was canceled after one season Aaron and Gretchen, who I'd like kind of assisted for this pilot, had signed an overall deal with ABC and they called me and they were like, you know, we have an assistant in this. Um, you know, obviously we have experience with you assisting, like doing the pilot. Um, would you want to do this? You'd have to be out here in like two weeks. And I had actually, crazily enough, passed up on an opportunity uh, from, uh, I, I think from Scott Armstrong, after, like he had also like, after I'd done that like a year earlier and I like wasn't ready to leave. I didn't think I like ever wanted to leave New York. Yeah. And um, so I like stupidly like passed on that. And like, I was just like, oh, you know, I, I, I was like, so I, it, I, to this day, I can't believe it. I can't believe I passed on but I was just so hard for me. Like I wanted to live in New York like forever. I get it. I was like so excited. But that year, by that year later, I was like, the itch was there. I was like, no, no, no. If I want to write, I got to go to LA. And I was like, I got to say yes to this. Did you fly or did you drive out? Um, I flew into Vegas, <laughs> rented a car that I then bought from the rental company. 
and drove to Los Angeles. It was like this old, like little red, like Corolla. Hell yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that like drive from like, it was like a very exciting, like, you know, um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was wild, man. And I thought I was going to hate it out here. Cause like, you know, how it is in New York. Like there's like, so it's not, and it's not like an equal thing. Like a lot of people like love to hate on LA and New York, not really vice versa at all. Like everyone here like loves New York. And they're like, oh yeah, New York, that's fine. Um, but like, especially like the crews, they were like, oh, you going to LA and they're going to valet your car at the thing, you know, like LA, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to hate this, whatever. And then I came here, I've like loved it. Like ever since I like love LA. And um, yeah, I just, uh, that was when I made the moves. Yeah, it was like 2010. And then, um, yeah, I worked on a bunch. So, I but wait, oh yeah, you worked on Good, good Christian Bitches, I believe, and some other stuff. GCB, GCB, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it well. So the first, okay, the first show I worked on was, um, it was a Shauna show. It was called Off the Map, mm-hmm. and um, it was like medical. It was like Doctors Without Borders, kind of in the uh, rainforest kind of thing. That lasted. Um, Jenna Bands created that. And that was really, really fun to work on. I like, met a bunch of friends that are uh, assistants and stuff that are like friends to my this, uh, friends to this day. Like they're all writers now and stuff. And so like that was like really cool. And then after that, we did GCB. Um, that went a season, and then we joined Revenge. Were you on season one of Revenge? Or season, no, season two. Just season two. That's yeah. when the rails started to come off. Yeah, but I wasn't like the thing. We were kind of talking about this like downstairs. I. Remember, like, because we ended up, like, developing, uh, my buzzes ended up, like, developing two projects. So, like, we were there, I remember, for, like, a really small amount of time in the beginning and then left. And then that's when all that stuff happened. So I wasn't, like, there for any of that. Got it. So you weren't there when, when basically, they were like, okay, Matt, Mike, later. Um, Oh, yeah. Was that that how it went? I mean, I, they were basically, first of all, I think, that's when I started to be like a really bad assistant because I came from Paramount where it was like devil wears Prada. And so when I came to revenge, I was like, this is a fucking cakewalk. Like this guy just wants me to like get juice and like print him the fucking pages for tomorrow. Like that's it. Okay. And I was like, Oh yeah. You had like swimming with sharks type stuff. Oh yeah. 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 You thought like that was like, yeah. And so working for Mike, I was like, Oh, I could like, I truly like wrote a movie. Uh, I I was like there for like your, I was like, (laughs) And we were, you know, we were just talking about this. I was like, it, it was a bummer because you were in the office upstairs. I was in the office downstairs. So we never got to be in the same office. We never really like got to be too, too close while we were on that show. No. Um, although I do remember when um, we had that like first like writer's room lunch or whatever. And it was like, all right, there's no point like going back. Like, I think Mike was like, all right, no point like going back to the office. Like you guys can have the day or whatever. And you were like, hey, do you want to like uh, come hang or whatever? And I like went to your apartment because- you lived like right off Beverly. I lived, and I was I like, lived, I lived on North Orange Drive. And I think we went to Osh or at, we went to a hardware store. Or- I remember being so blown away by your like drive to do things. I was at your house. You ripped like the biggest bong ever. Like so big. <laughs> you were, I was like, whoa, that is the biggest bong. Like, look at that thing. You ripped the biggest bong ever. And then let me think here. I think you wanted to play ping pong yeah. maybe. Yep. But a screw was missing or something. Uh-huh. And so it was like, we got to, f- I'm like, let's fix this. Or you were like, let's fix this. I was like, okay. And we got in your car. I'm like, wow, we're doing, I'm like, 
whenever I have to like do something, I'm like, I'll put it off for like five weeks. Like I like Postmates was like almost killed me because I was like, oh, I hate going anywhere to pick up or do any. You know what I mean? Like yeah. errands are just exhausting. You're like, come on, let's get going. I was like, okay. We went to like some hardware store. You got like the proper screws. And then you were like, wait, but I don't have like, um, what was it? Uh, a drill or, or whatever, it, like the... A Phillips head or like the right screw bit? No, what would it be? Something like you, like you couldn't screw it in. It was like one of those power drills or whatever. Okay. And you called your buddy. Um, and so like, then we met him. So you were like, you got to like do this or whatever. like you were on the phone <laughs> and it was like the, best. I love like one-sided conversations. Like you weren't on Bluetooth. Like I love just hearing your, you're like, no dude, come on, just <laughs> grab it and meet me over at this like parking. I'm like, wow, there's like so much coordination going on here. I'm like, this is wild. And we were like, I can't remember what your buddy's name was. He was the funniest dude. And that's when you guys were calling each other Chuck Norris. Oh, Zach Shaw. That's okay. who it was. That's who Chuck Norris. And he yeah. like came over and like, you got him to meet and like he came over to the window and like gave the power drill or whatever. And he's like, What's up, horse? And Chuck Norris. Like, I was just like dying. Like, you guys oh, were calling yeah. each other Chuck Norris and horse. And, uh, and like, and then that was like the only time we really ever got to hang out. It was like that beginning. And then we get back into work and we weren't really there much longer. Me either. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I literally have to this day don't really even know. I mean, I just remember because we came back to work on that next season, and by that time, like there, there was a total. Yeah, basically, there. what happened was it was just like I mean, making twenty-two episodes of television in a row is insanity. Mm -hmm. And I, I do credit Mike Kelly for truly seeing the future of television. Like Netflix had not come out yet. Like House of Cards was was just about to premiere, I believe, or had mm -hmm. just premiered. I remember, and I've said this story before. Mike was like, "This is not sustainable. Like, how the fuck is anyone supposed to make twenty-two episodes? Like, these should be it like ten wild. to twelve episode orders." Mm -hmm. And he was right. And at the time, everyone's like, "This guy's nuts. He's killing his own series. Like, he's telling people he can't hack the work." Uh, but he was right, and so I think we got to give him props for that. I mean, um, it twenty-two episodes is. Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm taking off my sweatshirt. Sorry, guys. Oh, nice T-shirt underneath. Yeah, uh, big fan. Um, you're very, I remember you always had the very cool vintage shirts. Still do, dog. I'll take you in my closet after. Well, and I remember, I remember like there was one time too, like we saw each other and you're like, oh yeah, check this like, uh, 1993 Umbro. I, I don't even remember. I was just like, oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like very, very specific. But I was like, yeah, that's pretty neat. I remember those, you know, we, I wore Umbro all the time. Um, but we, uh. Uh, oh crap, what were we talking about? I don't know. Marijuana. Oh, the ping pong table in Chuck Nar. Oh, well, yeah, that day was like super fun. But <laughs> um, no, we left and then, oh, just what happened while we were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like, I just wasn't there for any of that stuff. But you, um, yeah, and then we like, got, you and me would just day. see. People were, people were like, Matt's not in, his heart's <laughs> not in this anymore. You're very functional. I'm, I, I couldn't leave my house like <laughs> I, i'd be like afraid to I, do i had a new anything. therapist today sean i'll just tell you we're we're in an open we're in an open safe space uh -huh. so i try i try out a new therapist today oh and, today yeah today oh, wow. literally okay. like 11 o'clock and he's asking me like what pills are you on like what do you do and i'm like you know i smoke marijuana pretty much daily and he's like did you smoke before this and i was like well like um, um did i i was yeah, like yeah. look I like had a hit at like nine thirty, and he's like, "Please don't do that in the future." I'm like, "Okay." Like, oh, no kidding. Yeah, see, I love that because he was like, "I want to see." He's like, "I want to see." You know, I want to yeah, see yeah, you yeah. when you're not. I'm like, I'm the same. You know, like you won't. Well, I mean, that is something about like, yeah, I do not. I'm like, I get terrified. I get scared. I get oh, you start hearing paranoid. your. You oh, just, I'm not like. You know, I only. Yeah, I couldn't if I I couldn't do like anything responsible on it. 
So like the fact that like you do it and like write and are able to like work, I mean, that's like incredible to me. Like Thanks, I, I wish I could wrap my head around it. But by the way, I also love like therapists that are like, I was like, what's what? I was I'm like, I, I wanted to be like, dog, for 250 an hour, I'll come here on fucking lose if I so desire. Still, I mean, like, I gotta say, like, I, I had trouble like finding one for a while, and then, uh, and then I did, and it went very well. But like, the one that finally did work out, I was like, I was like, I want you to like not hold back. Like, I want you to like. That's what he said. Rip me a new one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I was like, just tell. I'm like, I, I don't know, and I just want to like, I, I, pre- I mean, so did you like that? He I thought was it was like, great. Oh, great. I mean, okay, I, cool. he was wonderful. It's funny is he's actually my human development teacher from sixth, fifth, sixth grade that I reconnected with because a what? friend of mine is like, you know, your old fucking teacher is my therapist and he's great. And I was like, huh. Because I, when I lost WGA Healthcare in 2019, I couldn't afford going to my therapist because he wow. was so expensive. And so I just stopped going. And then recently I'm like, I can't raw dog life anymore. I need a therapist. Yeah, I really, I stopped for a while, but it did help me like, it was just, you know, I'm really glad that, like, that's something that's, like, being totally, like, destigmatized now. It's amazing talking yeah. to people about stuff. I know. I mean, I got to believe this is, like, very nice for you. It's awesome. Yeah. It's It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't, especially, like, now that we have kids and stuff, like, it's harder to have these, like, you know, these are, like, few and far between. But, oh, that's great, dude. I'm happy to Thank hear. Thank you, Sean. You've, like, found this new guy, and it's working out well. Thank that's you. That's very exciting. Thank you. I wanted to ask you, and I ask everybody this question is, your first staff job was Star Trek, right? Yeah, Star Trek. Discovery. Do you do you remember the where you were when you got the call to like, hey, Sean, guess what? Your fucking collating days are yeah, over. I, told, I mean, what's crazy is it's funny that we're talking about this. Uh, I wasn't gonna say this, but I feel like it's good just for like because the people who are listening to this are like people trying to like okay, uh, you know, because it is important. I I was like, I remember exactly where I was. I was like in the office. They like called me into the office. And what I, were you, what were you working on currently? Or like, no, you... I was like the showrunner's assistant on Star Trek okay. Discovery. Yeah. Okay. So I, um, by the way, was this in your, like, did you have like a Machiavellian plan? You're like, I will get a staff job. if I st-. Like, no, I really, you, like, you had I, no idea. No. Well, the thing is, is like, so I ended up, I was a showrunner's assistant for like five or six years. Yeah. And like, honestly, like it was one of those things, like I said earlier, I was like, I have a lot to learn. I knew I like, I was not in a, I was like, I, I just, I'm one of those people, like, I don't want to, like, do something until I know what I'm doing and I'm, like, comfortable with it. Like, again, I'm very bad at the fake it till you make yeah. it. Like, I'm just not talented like that, like, at all. Like, I just, I really love, like, absorbing something, learning it, like, getting to know it, like, having the confidence. And so it took me, I was like, you know, even when I first came out here, I remember telling somebody, because everybody's in the same boat, you know, like, yeah. you and me were, like, assistants. We were all, all wanted to get staffed and stuff. But I even remember, like, saying this, I was like, I don't if by some miracle somebody had like offered me a staff position, I probably would have said no. Cause I didn't feel like I was ready. You know, like I really wanted to like take my time, write a lot of pilots, like hone my, like, you know, my craft or whatever. And so I was an assistant for five or six years. There was like, there came a point where my bosses like told me, cause we like developed a lot and they were like, listen, like they kind of like validated. They're like, you're ready. And the next time we'll, you know, we're able to, we will staff you. So they like kind of told me that. Mm. And that was like a huge deal to me, like for sure. I was like, okay, that I feel like I'm ready. I'm really like, they feel like I'm ready, whatever. Um, so it was still like a year or two. Um, and on Star Trek Discovery, like I knew, you know, it was a possibility and stuff like that. But the the bummer is the thing I, you know, I don't know. I, I wasn't going to bring up, but like, I think it's like important to you. 
wildly enough, it was just like that one thing with timing. Like I just was like in a very, unfortunately, like my dream come true, came true when I happened to be like in a pretty bad, like, like just depressive, like, I don't know. I'd like kind of been, yeah, if I've been in it for like, you know, it's just like kind of like, you know, things that happen, like, and, um, it would kind of happen for like nine months a year beforehand. And I was still working my way through it. And it just was like, it was wild. It was just like, I, I was so, I was so excited, but obviously like it, I was terrified too. Yeah. I was like, cause I, I, I had felt ready and then I'd sort of like kind of, I don't know. I kind of slowly fell into this little bit of like an, ep- this episode I had for a little while. And it's just like one of those things. Like I just, I was immediately like, Oh my God. Like, of course this is going to happen when I'm in like the worst headspace, you know, like, and so I was like so excited. They called me into the office and, you know, I, I made, I was totally, you know, covering that. Did you know what was coming? No, I didn't. I really was like totally surprised. And I, and I was just, I didn't even know. I was just like, Oh my God. I'm like, Oh my, you know, I was just like, so I probably said thank you like too much, you know? Cause like it, at the same, like it was this insane mixture of like, so, so excited. But at the same time I was like, kind of like, Oh man, I'm, I'm like, should I be nervous? Like, I just was like in this weird place. I was like, you know, I was just like scared. I was like, oh no, this is just like the worst timing ever in a weird way. It's like, I finally get my thing and I'm just like, there's just like a little bit of a thing wrong with me. But, you know, I slowly got out of that and I, it was incredible, man. Like I just, yeah, it was the dream. And and there would still be those days, even on the tough ones where you, you know, you'd walk in and you'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm like walking in here. As, did you get your own office or like, did you share yeah, like with a, your name on the door? And yeah. Shit? Yeah. It was like, wild. I'd also say too, like, um, do you call your girlfriends and your parents? Sorry. I, I don't want to interrupt you. Uh, I'll, I'll save that question for a minute. You were going to say something. No, I can't even remember. Oh, I, I even had this thing. Like I was like so weird about, um, like earning it that like in those like five, six years where I was like really kind of like, you know, writing pilots and trying to get better and like trying to be ready to be staffed and like get to that place. I like refused to call myself a writer until I got like paid for it, which is like wrong. Like I shouldn't have, like nobody should feel that way, but I was just like very, I don't know. Like, I think I just have this ultra sensitivity to like feeling ready and like, you know, just the kind of like imposter syndrome, you know, like that's always been like something I've had to deal with too. You know, like you just, you're just like question yourself every once in a while and you have good days. And when you're a staff writer, and, uh, you know, I've listened to enough episodes, uh, you know, everybody says it. You have, like, good days and you have bad days. Um, and, you know, it's, like, a learning process. But, yeah, it was, like, I could finally, like, say I was, like, a writer and getting paid for it. And, yeah, it was, like, it was really, really exciting. And it was, like, you know, I, I was able to get through it and just continue. I will say this. It took me still a few years to, like, feel. Even, like, when I – do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, again, it's the totally. imposter syndrome. Like, I want to know, wait, who did you, did you call, like, who did you call first? Like, did you call your mom? Did you call your dad? Did you call your um, mom and dad together? Did you call your girlfriend? Oh, that's a really good question. I You're like, Kate, honey, I don't make know. a dinner reservation. I'm guessing I called Kate first or texted her or something. Cause I was like still working as an assistant. <laughs> but, um, and then, yeah, I probably called my parents on the way home and yeah, man, it was nuts. Um, it was like, it was just wild. I, I really like, it all kind of like blurs together in a weird way. You know, like yeah. I just, it's like hard to remember that. But again, it was like a weird time for it to happen. Yeah. Um, but I was able to like get through it. 
and like just kind of like uh you know buckle down and and i think you know just like you just gotta like approach it humbly like i just was like i'm a new guy i'm the new you know i just i i there's a lot i lean to learn still like yeah i'm so like happy i got to this point but you know i really want to there's a lot i don't know you know sean the thing other thing that i wanted to talk to you about um is i noticed you were on the strike line every day not every, not every other day not maybe wednesdays or, you know may, every single day and i tell and i say this because i am so impressed by your commitment to our guild and that like i am a total puss so when i started getting hot out i was like can't do it like i can't like I'll, I'll go in the morning and maybe like do a little lap around disney and yibbity bibbity ba like check yeah. in have a donut <laughs> but you were no you're like, too dude, generous no sean you were out there with your kid and your wife and then your other kids sometimes <laughs> well the, you were like the fucking mayor of disney for oh, a while no, that is like oh no no that like first of all that's like so sweet of you to say i went every day for probably the first four weeks i'd say i went five days a week and yeah i was like very very fired up about it i used to be the captain on our show and then when I had a kid, I handed it off to um, another writer, Carlos Cisco, who ended up like he is like him and Eric Robbins. These two guys I wrote with on Star Trek Discovery, they're like captain, like they were captains and like the lot coordinators at Disney. Like they were literally there every day. Wow. I mean, that was like impro- like for both, sh- you know, whatever, both shifts or whatever. I went every day for the first three, four weeks. You know, and that was like kind of our instructor. I mean, I, we all knew that like. Yeah, Peter. Yeah, up, it, it, whatever me, you do. It, I, I don't. I say all I'm saying is I don't think anyone <laughs> was as committed to the cause as you. At least, oh, like truly, that's tr- so sweet. At least from the people that I'm I blushing. know, and I want you to know, like, <laughs> thank you. Because if it were not for people like you, like the people like me, were not the reason we got a new special deal, dude. You're too much. I I I really thank you so much. But honestly, God, like that should make everybody like these other guys, like Carlos Cisco and Eric Robbins and. These other guys. If you want to shout out your your strike well, they team? Just you were do like, it, baby. You know, I I wrote with them on Discovery. I love those guys. And then, yeah, they were huge. I mean, again, coordinating lock coordinators, like you know, keep, you know, keeping the streets clean and making sure nobody's gonna get hit or like you know, be. I mean, they were truly incredible. Because after that first three four weeks, right, I went. I tried to go every day. I then went to about you know, two three times a week, and there was a bunch of weeks, you know, for kid reasons or you know. Uh, I tried to get a little traveling done, like while we could. I, I couldn't go for you. a week. How dare you, tra- Fran Drescher? Uh, stab it, <laughs> stab it! But yeah, Disney. Wait, I never like ran into you though, right? Were you on? Di- what was your go-to? I mean, dude, I was not. I was not a good soldier. I was there like for an hour or two in the mornings. Oh, man, and, that's like, fine. But I always said to that, like, and again, I wasn't like part of like, and you know, I just yeah, when I went, I just showed up and walked and. When I had my little one, Lou, yeah, it was, like, great. Like, I, I really enjoyed, like, Disney was the best, dude, though, I will say. Like, it was just, I called it, like, the Country Club Picket or the Runyon Canyon yeah, Picket. Like, I mean, it was the only one, like, you could just take, like, this huge hike around. It was, like, perfect. It was, like, half-shaded. And, you know, I just was, like, I was also, like, you know what, like, you know, and I'm kind of, like, referencing my body here. When am I going to get this many? Like, this, like. If now, you know, not, if not now, like when? Yep. Like, is that, did you always get have this a, body a, a step meter? Or no, this... I got this like right before the strike. Oh, yeah, you did. Um, so, like, you know, I was like, let's get the exercise in. Like, let's look at it, make it nice and stuff. But, oh, Disney was the bus. Um, but no, I appreciate it. I mean, dude, it was, uh, I would say to people too, like, you know, we didn't need, I was impressed the entire time. I mean, I know people talk about like 
there was a lull right before SAG went on strike and stuff. I, to be honest, and again, I was only really at Disney. I went to other ones too, but I don't know, man. I was like, I thought I was always impressed. I thought morale was like way higher than I thought it would be. Like not like uh, just understanding like organically, like people are just you know don't have the energy. You know, like it's, it's just gonna be tough yeah. to do. I always was like really impressed by the morale, and then of course like SAG struck it, it just like blew up again. But you know, I always used to say to people, I'm like, you know, we don't, it's it's okay. Like, we don't need a Bernie Sanders rally every day. <laughs> like, there just needs to be, hey, we care. There's a bunch of people here. You're gonna see the signs. We're gonna be out here every day. The numbers won't always be the same, but that's fine. Like, there's always gonna be people here, you know? Um, so yeah, but it was, you know, and it was like really cool to like run into people I haven't like seen in forever and like catch up. Um, but yeah, man, that was wild. How we were on was it five months? 158 days maybe Jeez. i don't know i'm not good at math that's wild i remember being in temple the night right before the deal with like my lawyer who normally doesn't go to my temple i was like what the fuck are you doing here he's, he's like, like nah. he's like no he's like a friend snuck me in um I, I couldn't get tickets to my regular services and i was like well if anyone's gonna be here tonight i'm oh, glad tickets? it's you and i was like yeah there's they're like high holiday tickets are like hard to come by oh no and oh cool all right and you have to like pay for them so people are like Oh, I have an extra ticket. It's like a hot. It's like a hot. It's like That's a hot awesome. ticket item, okay. for lack of a better expression. Even though we're talking about tickets, and he was like, "I'm just refreshing deadline." Like, I'm. I'm I was like, well, "How are you feeling?" And he's very like reserved. So he was like cautiously optimistic. There you <laughs> I go. was like, "Okay, I will. I will fucking it take did, that." It did just feel like the third. I mean, it just felt like okay, talking a third time. Like, like this, I don't know. I just thought, you know, the studios. I think we're just so shocked. I really. I think that just didn't go nearly like they thought it was going to go. And, you know, like, you know, the AMPTP, like, this is what they do. And they're like, studios, trust us. We're like labor people. This is like what we do. Like, just have faith in our strategy. And, I mean, I just think, like, it was fairly quickly that I I would imagine people in some of those boardrooms started questioning the strategy. Because, like, again, putting the, the stories in the trades, like, yeah, it's not the 90s anymore. Like, you know, social media, like, it's just completely different. Like we're yeah. talking to each other. That's not going to scare people as much. I just felt like the entire time I was like, it just, and then of course the SAG strike. I mean, they never, I thought I was like game changer. Oh, totally. 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 Cause totally, like, totally. you know, a lot of people were like, the writers are so bratty, you know, they make $8,000 as of this. And you, and I'm like, yes, for eight weeks worth of work. And then you're unemployed for two years. But people like look at us like in, you know, they think they have this idea in their head from what they have seen on whether it's Entourage or American Idol or like whatever the fuck your point of reference is, is where if they hadn't struck, I was very fearful, like we're going to look like brats. But yeah. instead, when they joined us, I was like, you know what, when 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 Chris Pine or Chris Pratt or whoever Margot Robbie is out there saying this is this is fucked. That's uh -huh. when people will start to pay pay attention. Yeah. And so it really it really helped galvanize, I think people that were not in the business, but that were kind of questioning our motives and that are we greedy little piggies? And it sort of helped tip it back to like, no, they're, they're fighting for their rights. No, to I mean, and by the way, like I think more than any other union, like SAG, I mean, dude, in the nineties as a character actor, I mean, you could have a nice, nice <laughs> career life just doing guest spots, episode three episode arcs. You never have to star in anything. You never even, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that was like a way of life for a long, long time. And I think for the actors more than anyone, I, I'm, you know, part of me is like surprised it took this long, but like, yeah, it had to happen. Like yeah. every, like they've just been so like over the last 20, 30 years, like 
it's unbelievable how much like you know they've been screwed over as much as any of us uh, the rest of us but i just feel like more so like it just was like it was crazy and so yeah when they joined i mean that was huge man and i just don't think again like i just don't think that was part of the plan and it you know you heard um you know the ceos react to it and it sounds like they didn't have enough time to like you know have like a diplomatic answer and i I felt like that was the i'm like okay yeah this is like this is like not going yeah they're like the way they thought this was gonna go (laughs) and so like that third time it just i i I was very cautiously i mean cautiously optimistic too was how I'd, i'd say i felt but it just felt like come on like this is not like what else needs to be, you know, like, yeah. let's get this done. Like, you know, what a fourth time that's, what's going to take. Um, so yeah, man, I'm glad we're here. So Sean, what's, what's next? Like question. I know you were like, I want to get on a show. Like, do you have any interest in like developing your own show or do you just want to <laughs> like be in a room? Like what, if you, if someone could shake a magic wand, like where did, where, what, what happens next? The funny thing is, is like, I really, you know, I just finished another pilot. Um, Good for you. And it's just, well, it's just, but, Honestly, I, I it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about like I feel like I have to have like a total handle on like the level I'm at before I go on to the next one. Yeah. I just want to staff. I really I I just Me um, too. It's the most fun ever. Yeah, it's just really fun and I just don't feel ready. Like I just don't feel ready. Yet. Like I absolutely have the ambition and the dream to like have my own show some down the, down the line, but I've worked for a showrunners long enough to know like that is an impossible job at its foundation. Um, and I'm not like ready for that yet. You know, I Dude, really like three people on Fairfax and we were going, how does one person do this? Cause there's wild. three of us. Like one person could be in an animatic review. Yeah. One person could be running the room and one person could be doing a voice record. I was like, how do one person do this? I, I mean, you are prepping, writing, like, you know, breaking story and doing post all at the same time and fitting in calls to the studio network notes, calls, you know, props show and t- like, it's incredible to me. And so like, I really like, I mean, I mean, how was it for you? Like, okay, but there was three of you guys, you, yeah. but were you, did you just feel like you guys had a handle on it the entire time? Or did you ever have that? Like, Oh my God, this cuts due tomorrow. Honestly, and like, this so here, here's, here's what's interesting. So before we had a series order, Amazon was like, you guys need a showrunner. You're fucking children. Like none of you have run a show. You don't know what uh-huh. you're doing. So like get a showrunner. So we brought on Peter Knight, um, who was the co-EP number two on BoJack for every single season up to including the pilot. And he was like our coach. He couldn't have been nicer, you know, because a lot of times showrunners will like be like, my show now. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. And he was really like, no, I'm going to show you how to do this so that, like, I can push you and take my hands off the fucking bike and you can keep pedaling. And um, we were very lucky because season one we wrote pre-production order. They were like, you go, go write the other remaining oh, six okay. episodes of your eight-episode order. And then we'll debate whether or not to give you a production order. Wow. So we went and wrote all of season one before. And then when they called us to say we're ordering the show, they said we're ordering two seasons. So where it got really hard was when we were writing season two and producing yeah, season yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it got f- – and we're doing it on Zoom. Zoom. Well, were you like – so like – oh, okay. And I know the Zoom's a little different because at least like you're home and you're by your daughter and your family and stuff. But was it like the 10, 11? Like were you- well, what would happen is like we would run our writer's room from like 10 to 5 – um, with an hour and a half for lunch from like one to two thirty, and then we would all break for dinner or whatever and then teddy and aaron and i would get back on at like nine mm-hmm. work until like eleven thirty midnight on just like rewriting people's stuff or 
you know, we had to do our pass on something. I'm just said the same thing in two different ways. But there was always work to us to do. There was like rewrite, break, fix, you know, and thank God there were three of us because I literally don't know what we would have done if there was. And technically there were four because of the showrunner. Man, I, yeah, I like, I, again, like I really, I, I definitely dream about that day, but I'm like not there yet. So like, I, I, I live action, I can't imagine. Like animation, it's like okay because it's like well, once you, you got the about, costumes, it's like they're not changing clothes, the props, they're not changing. Like, well, what? and you remember, like, I mean, you've worked enough shows, like stuff blows up. Oh yeah, on the day, you yeah. know, you show up and this prop broke or this cast member went home sick, and the, so we have to like rewrite this like on the fly. You know, it's like yeah, it's really crazy, man. It's like a, it's like. Ugh. It's wild. So I, I definitely like, while I hope that's in my future at some point. Yeah. I just want to like, I don't know. I just want to keep learning. You know, I really, um, I really, I just, I, but like you said, it's fun. I love it. I just want to like, you know, get back with our, you know, just want to be eating red vines with buddies. I just want some red vines. I want, you know, I just want like some, uh, some delicious snacks, dude, like peanut butter crackers and are you a, you're a savory guy. Yogurts. Um, I like have you ever been in a job interview where they're like what's the most annoying thing about you or like what's like what's like your weakness have you ever been asked that shit not really i mean i P- when showrunners have, have like asked interesting me that, okay i what i started doing is we oh like, my god you've been asked that yeah like what's How? the most annoying thing you'll do i'll be like i eat all the pink starbursts like I've that's turned, a good I've answer turned, i've turned it into so like life. thankfully <laughs> i'm uh what is it ruby red or whatever <laughs> Um, that's funny. Wow, you've been okay. I don't. I don't even know what my answer. Because like, would be. like normally people are like, my weakness that. is I'm a perfectionist. I'd be like, no, my weakness is I will eat all the cured meats. Oh, I'm like really lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's hilarious. Wow, yeah. I don't even know what. Uh, I'd have to think about that one. But pink starburst. I mean, that's like a good answer. Yeah. Well, Sean, listen. I I wish you the best. I want everyone out there to know truly. There's not a nicer, kinder, sweeter Stop person. It. I know I'm flattering him. I'm closing my eyes because I don't want him to see me as I make him turn red. Wait, here's a Kleenex. No. No. Um, but, uh, Sean, thank you for coming to Laurel and doing this. And truly thank you for your commitment to our fucking strike because I, I do think if it were not for people like you, who, who knows how long it's going to take in. Well, then I got to – yeah, I just got to shout out everybody else. Like, shout them out, was, dude. No, I mean there was just like so many people, dude, that like literally were there every day. And I just – no, I felt really good about what I was able to do, but man, it really, it was wild. It was like inspiring all the people that were just like putting in so much time and effort and work. And yeah, man, we're on the other side of it. Historic deal. We're going to cheer these red Exceptional vines. deal. Exceptional deal. Yeah, man. Thanks, Sean. All right, thanks, man. Bye.